When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's go, Inside Syracuse Basketball with Mike Waters. Presented by Syracuse.com. College basketball is a great thing. Anything can happen. Welcome to the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Waters. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by former Syracuse standout Trevor Cooney. Cooney played at Syracuse from 2012 to 2016 and is the only player in school history to appear in two Final Fours. I talked with Trevor about his SU career, the time when Jim Beheim was ejected from a game against Duke, and what Beheim said to the team at halftime of the Elite Eight game against Virginia in 2016. How are you, Trevor? I'm doing good, Mike. Good to see you, man. Thank you for having me. Oh, this will be great fun. I, you know, the one thing I always associate with you is you're the only Syracuse player to actually play in two Final Fours. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you consider this program's history, and there's been a few Final Four runs, you played in both 2013 and 2016. You're the only guy in Syracuse history to play in two Final Fours. That's amazing. It is. It really is. I mean, when it comes to March in that tournament um... – getting hot at the right time and, and having a good group of guys and some great coaches definitely helps. And uh, we were able to do that twice, which is, which is unbelievable. Why don't we go ahead and we start out with them? Uh, Cause uh, I think it'd be kind of cool. In, in 2013, you were a red shirt freshman. Mm-hmm. You were, uh, you had a, a, you know, a significant role, I would say coming off the bench on that year's team. Um, and you played in that final four game against Michigan. What, what was, uh, you know, take me back to that tournament run if you could um i mean i think it i think it started in the big east tournament really um we were playing okay towards the end of the year um and then we were able to to win a couple games in that big east tournament um which was which was awesome because it was our our last uh i'm pretty sure our last big east tournament um we were able to to beat georgetown and then get to uh get to the finals against louisville and we were up 20 some in that Big East championship, and then um, the wheels kind of fell off a little bit for us. Um, and then next, you know, it it was a close game, and then we were down, uh, and then we lost it. Um, and that that one hurt, but I mean, we we kind of came together during that Big East run, um, and then knew what kind of type of team we could. Um, and I think that loss to Louisville might have helped us really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were able to to get the four seed, and were we in the East? I want to say we were. In you went to San Jose first, and then you came back to Washington D.C. where you played yes. Indiana and Marquette. I remember that. Yes. So we were in the East, and and we had an okay draw into it. Um, 
And I remember getting to that Indiana game um, and just, just scouting them. I mean, that was a really, really good Indiana team that they had. Um, and then we played Marquette. Um, but, I mean, it was just a great group of guys. I mean, White Card Williams and Trish had an unbelievable year. Um, they were they were great for us all season. Um, Jane Sutherland was unbelievable. Um, CJ Fair, Rock, Bye. I mean, we just had a great group of guys. Um, I mean, I would come in and, and help defensively and give those guys, Mike and Trish, a break every once in a while. Um, and that was kind of what I did all year, which was good. I mean, those guys were, were unbelievable. Um, and then get into that Michigan game. I mean, obviously not the ending that, that we wanted or what I wanted, but, um, it was, it was a tough game. We were right there towards the end. Um, I mean, and that's all you can ask for really is just to have a chance, um, which we did. I thought you guys had a chance of beating Michigan. I really thought we were going to get another Syracuse Louisville matchup for the championship game. And then this guy named Spike Albrick. Mm comes off the bench and, and, you know, I, I forget how many threes he made, but it was the kind of contributions you just don't expect to, to see the other team have. Other than that, you guys were down one with 40 seconds to go. Um, I, I really thought you guys were going to make it to the title game. I did too. I mean, that Michigan team was, was really, really good. They were young. Um, and we, we stopped a lot of the shooters that, that we thought were going to hurt us. Um, and obviously Spike was one of them, but he came out and, and he made some tough ones against us. Um, and, and that happens um, within the 2-3 zone. But, I mean, overall, I thought our defense that game was good. Um, I thought we had a great plan going into it. Um, but, I mean, came down to a couple of possessions towards the end, and we just, just couldn't get it done. Was it a different feeling for you uh, four years later when you were a senior, when you went back to the Final Four in 2016? Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, that, that freshman, I mean, that freshman year for me was – um, I was still getting into it. I mean, I was a younger guy on the team um, and looked to those other guys for leadership as well. Um, and then four years later, I mean, I kind of, I mean, I was one of the captains on the team. I was older. I was playing 40 minutes a game close to it. Um, so, I mean, it was just a completely different role for myself going into the second final four than it was going into the first one. Um, and I felt going into the second one, I mean, obviously I had one under my belt and a couple other uh tournament appearances um and I felt just fully prepared for for that game and, and that moment that comes with it um so I was able to to help guys out like Malachi and and Tyler Lydon that have not been there before um so I mean that first run I mean it it was great to get to the final four I mean obviously it hurt uh to lose and to lose the way that we did um but I mean it, it definitely helped um myself become the leader that I was for that second run you know, okay, well, I want to ask you a few more about that 2016 run, but we'll table it for now. Let's start at the beginning. Why did you go to Syracuse? Uh, growing up, um, I started taking basketball really seriously in middle school, um, and to play college basketball was was the ultimate goal. Um, and growing up, uh, always watched the Big East, uh, living in Wilmington, Delaware. Those are the games on ESPN that you would get you would get the, all, the, um, all the Big East matchups all the time. And, and those are the schools that you followed. You followed Villanova. You followed Louisville. You followed Georgetown and St. John's and Syracuse. So those are the games that you watch. Um, and I was not a Syracuse fan growing up. Um, but I did like Jerry, and I always watched Jerry's games. And then would always watch guys like Devo um, and stuff like that coming up. Um, 
and my dream was to go to a school that was a basketball school. Um, and there's only a handful of those in the country. Um, like your Duke, your North Carolinas, your Kansas. Um, and so that's where I always wanted to go. And then, um, Syracuse calls. And then I head up to the dome for a game and I just fell in love with the place. Um, I loved everything that Syracuse had as a program. I love the, the city and, and the fans and the people that supported it. Um, it just seemed like the perfect spot. Um, and especially for myself, wanting to go to a basketball school and a great program. I mean, it, it fit everything. Um, and I pretty much, I mean, I remember I told my parents on the way home that I, I was going to Syracuse. Um, really? Oh, yeah. I Right away. Right when I was up there and I saw the dome, I went to um, – must have been 2010 or maybe 2009. It was a Villanova game at home. Uh, easily 30,000 people there. Um, and that was the game. Uh, Derek Coleman put me in a headlock after the game and said, how can you, how can you go anywhere else? Cause he really? asked me, he calmly asked, yeah, he calmly asked me uh, what other schools were recruiting me. And obviously I, I grew up in, in Delaware. So, I mean, I knew Derek Coleman from the Sixers and, and stuff like that. Um, so here I am talking to this guy and I'm like, wow, man, he's, he's, he really cares. He's, he's asked me some questions. And then he looks at me and he goes, why the hell would you go anywhere else? And then he puts me in a headlock and goes, look around. This place is packed. And that was it. Um, and obviously Derek Coleman is a pretty big guy. So um, it was a hell of a headlock. Well, now we know how Syracuse needs to go after all their key recruits. Um... They just got to send Derek out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that definitely helps. Definitely helps. <laughs> um, so you come to SU because Derek made you. Uh, you redshirted your freshman year. You know, and a lot of guys resist the whole redshirt thing. You know, some guys mm -hmm. have to be talked into it, and some guys can't be talked into it. You did it. You know, and mm -hmm. I thought it really helped you out your, your whole career. I mean, you don't, you don't go to this – Final Four in 2016. If if you're not a fifth year senior, but what went? It, what was that decision making process like for you? Was it a tough decision? Uh, it was. It was not when it came down to it. Um, I, I mean, obviously, being recruited and going to Syracuse, it was always uh, the four year plan. Being a program guy, um, kind of trusting the process of it, looking at the big picture of things. Um, and I know to, to come into college basketball and, and to make an impact as a freshman or a sophomore is, is a tough thing to do, um, especially at a program like Syracuse. Um, and when I was being recruited, it was unsure whether a guy like Deion Weeders was going to be one and done or whether he was going to stick around. Um, so Dion ends up sticking around. So, I mean, you add another body at the, at the guard position. So I knew kind of when Dion stayed that – I probably was not going to play much as a freshman. And if I did play, we were probably going to be up 20 or down 20. Um, so when, when coach came to me um, kind of at the start of the season and talked to me about it, I knew right away. Cause I mean, I've talked with my brother and my dad about the possibility of it. And it was kind of a no brainer at the time. Um, Cause I, I mean, I could see the writing on the wall with, with some of the guys and especially during practice um, that really my minutes were not going to be at, high at all freshman year and uh and I knew that and I and I was completely fine with with taking a step back and taking that year off and it was tough at first I mean obviously um you go to college to to play and, and to be a part of the team 
Um, but I kind of I kind of trust the process of it um, with Hop and with GMAC um, just to get better and, and get stronger, and then to to have that fifth year um, and the possibility of of playing more. So I traded a, a year when I wasn't going to play at all for a year where I played probably 37, 38 minutes a game. So yeah, make that trade <laughs> any day. Absolutely, I get it. You know, uh, your sophomore year, redshirt sophomore year, uh, 2014 season, that's the one where you guys started 25-0. and 0. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a part of that 25-0 and 0 start was the Tyler Ennis shot at Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point in the season, you know, what are you guys thinking? Are you thinking, yeah, we're going right back to the Final Four where we were a year ago? This is – or, you know, I don't know. Where, where were you guys at right about then? Uh that was that was a uh, a fun year. That was a great group that we had. Um, I mean, we had we had younger guys. We had guys that had been there for a couple of years. We had CJ, um, By that were seniors. Um, so I mean, we just had a great group and we played well. Uh, I mean, obviously coming into the year, um, a guy like like Tyler was definitely heavily heavily recruited, but wasn't a guy that was a guaranteed one and done. Was up there for all American this and that. Um, so he definitely surprised a lot. Um, and you don't know what you're going to get out of a freshman point guard, really. Um, so for him to come in and, and take that role on, uh, I mean, he he made us, obviously, who, who we were that year, as well as CJ. Um, I mean, those guys were, were great for us. But, I mean, we just clicked. We just we just played well offensively as a group. And, and I think our 2-3 that year was, was really good. I mean, we had guys like CJ and Jeremy and Rock that could just get to any spot in that. And then Tyler, I, and, 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 and Mike were, were really good up top in keeping people in front and contesting shots. Um, and it was just, just a good group. Um, and so, yeah, of course, those things come to mind when you, when you start getting up into, into the twenties and O's, um, which we were, um, but, uh, we just never, we never lost. And so losing to Boston college at home towards the end of the year was, was tough for us. Um, uh, cause we just yeah. never had that feeling before. Um, and, and we bounced back as best as we could, but that was a tough stretch for us. Um, I mean, to, to go, number one in the country for a while to win the big games that we did and how we did it um, on the road game winner in, in, uh, in Pittsburgh to beat Duke at home. Uh, I mean, those are some really, really big wins for us. Um, and then towards the end, it was, it was, it was tough. It was tough for us to, to get back into it. Um, and then we ran into a, a tough Dayton team that year. Um, that was, that was really, really good. Um, they had a great plan against us and we just did not play well that game. You know, we can't escape that season without me asking you about the game down at Duke. And CJ mm-hmm. goes baseline and, mm-hmm. you know, gets called for the charge with Rodney Hood and Jim Beheim gets tossed out, ejected. Mm-hmm. Too technical. What, what was your perspective of the play and then Coach Beheim's reaction? Uh, it, it, happened, it happened so fast um, to where – I remember I was in the corner and when CJ drove, I moved up and then it was like an N1. I remember being like right around CJ to where it was like, we're going to take the lead here almost. And then it just all happens. And then you see the charge call. And then, um, I mean, we, I just felt like we probably weren't getting many calls. I think it was our first time in Cameron. 
Um, and it just wasn't going our way that game. And I think coach felt like he had to, to make a point. Um, no one on our team felt like he crossed the line with it. Um, <laughs> he felt like he had, he had, he did what he had to do with it. Um, and then it was just, it was a tough game. It really was. Um, but I mean, obviously it was, it was a block and it was an N one and everyone knows it. Um, so, but yeah, it was, it was, it was fun and interesting to be a part of, uh, never been a part of something like that. Um, where it just swung the complete different way, uh, within seconds. Um, what was, yeah, the, that, what was it like in the locker room after, or even on the bus or whatever? I mean, Jim Beheim lost out of a regulation game before. Yeah, I mean, a guy you don't toss Beheim out of a game, uh, but I mean, it it was just it was uh, it was unbelievable, is what it was. Um, because obviously you're at the you're at the mecca of college basketball. Um, you're playing your first game there, um, and you think you can get away with a win, which is one of the toughest places to get a win in college basketball. Um, so you're, you're right there. And then all of a sudden you have that ending and it was just kind of a, that didn't happen moment type of a thing. Um, <laughs> and it definitely took a day or so for that all to, to settle in, to understand kind of what happened at that time. Um, because it was, it was unbelievable. And of course, now that's been turned into a meme. Uh, you know, Jim Beheim with the jacket half off is maybe one of the most popular memes in Syracuse basketball history. Absolutely. It's got to be up there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next year, 2015, you know, the one thing that stands out to me in 2015 is, you know, that's the year the NCAA's investigation is coming down and the school put the self-imposed ban on the program, I don't know, somewhere around late January, early February. And I always felt really bad for Rakeem Christmas because he was the big senior on that team. And a self-imposed ban means you, you're not going to the tournament. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I know you and Rakeem were close. You guys played AAU ball together and came to Syracuse in the same class. Um, mm -hmm. you know, what, was, what was your reaction? What was some of the players' reactions to that self-imposed ban when it happened? That was the toughest part. I mean, Rock was our only senior. Um, he was a guy that, that – yeah, I mean, came through the program. He worked his he worked his ass off all four years to get to that senior year to to be a double double guy in the ACC. Like he did everything, and he deserved everything. Uh, and to have that ending, um, and my thing with college basketball, everything is about opportunities. Um, and the the best team does not always win. You have to just be the best team for those two hours of that game that's going on. Um, and the following year speaks for that. Um, and to, to have opportunities taken away from you for those reasons, it, it, didn't, it didn't make sense to anyone um, that was on the team because, I mean, not, were we guaranteed to make the tournament? Absolutely not. Um, but we were a bubble team to where we were one or two wins away from being in. Um, and, you, and you never know. You really don't. Um, Could have went down to the ACC tournament, which we – have not played well at and played well. And that opportunity was taken away from us. Um, and that was the, the hardest part about it because it wasn't something that someone on the team did. Um, and that's why it was, it was hard for us to, to comprehend that this season was, was ending the way it did because none of us did anything. Um, so that was definitely a, a interesting year. And especially, 
you, you take the band. I think we had maybe like five or six games left for that season. Um, and you could feel it. I, I've those, I remember those last couple of home games. Uh, it was like the, the dome was just deflated um, to where everyone, everyone came out to watch us and everyone came out to support us, but you knew we weren't going anywhere. Um, and it, they were just, it was just tough. They were tough times to get through. Um, it really was. It was a, it was a weird, weird feeling um, with that year just ending. Um, because at Syracuse, you 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 go there to have an opportunity to play conference tournaments and NCAA tournaments, and to to have all of it just end um, was was very strange. Yeah. Let's move on to a happier subject. Your senior year, 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we got to jump right to the tournament, man. I mean, um, first round, you get a, you get a shot at the team that knocked you out a couple years before. Mm-hmm. Kind of sweet, right? You beat Dayton. It was, and it was kind of reversed. Um, we were we were the ten seed. They were the seven seed. Um, they were the higher seed coming into it. Um, and that was that was a game that I really wanted um, because <laughs> it felt like Dayton got us when we really had a chance. Uh, so I really that one really stood out to me, and I was it's it's kind of funny how things work uh, sometimes. Um, and you get the draws that you get. Um, but we played really, really well that game. Um, and that was a year where it was a complete roller coaster. Um, didn't really know going into the year what we were going to be. Uh, we had Mike and I, um, and then we had a bunch of young guys um, and really had no idea. But those young guys could really, really play. Um, and, and Mike was so solid for us all year. <laughs> I mean, he had I mean one of the better years that, that I've seen, really. Um, and so, I mean, we just, we just put it together. Um, we were a team that just, just kept fighting and kept staying in games and kept figuring out ways. Um, and we learned a lot throughout that year. I mean, we had, we had games where we had leads and we lost it. We had games where we were down and got back in. Um, we had a couple of games at the end where we were able to plays and, and win. Um, so that team went through it all during that course of that year. Um, and I know that's not easy on, on fans, but, um, when it comes to the team and some of the other things, you have to go through those experiences to, to learn. Um, and then hopefully come tournament time, you, you can feed off those things and they help you. Um, and for us, it really did. Um, we were able to, to come together as a group and, and learn a lot. Um, so when the tournament came, we just went out and played, um, and, and our, our defense during that time was, was really, really good. Um, so we were able to get Dayton back and beat them and move on. Um, and, and Michigan State was the two seed in that in that tournament, which I watched all year long. They had a really, really good team um, and right. a team that could really, really shoot the ball. Um, so I know once we beat Dayton, uh, it was kind of on to Michigan State. I think that game might have – they might have played first. No. Michigan State played after you, and the only reason I know that – is I was writing my game story from your win over Dayton, and I'm in the media workroom, and we're looking up at the TVs, and we keep hearing the crowd noise from the arena. And we're like, what's going on out there? And we looked up at the TV screen, and we saw a score that Middle Tennessee State was ahead. And Mm -hmm. we ran back out to our seats. Because mm-hmm. we're all of a sudden, you know, we, we thought Michigan State was going to wipe the floor with Middle Tennessee, and mm-hmm. you guys were going to end up playing Michigan State. And then all of a sudden, we, we wanted to see the end of the game. So I remember uh, 
running back out there. Yeah, they Michigan State, they were the favorite to win it all that year. I'm almost positive. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I remember that game. I mean, uh, Middle Tennessee State, they they made a lot of shots and, and had some shooters on the team. So I knew uh, once we started to scout them a little bit, um, you knew that they were they were not your average um, the middle of the pack team. They were they were a good team. They had a lot of wins that year, um, winning their conference. Had some older guys on the team. They they were a very talented team. Um, I remember uh, the next day I was reading an article in the paper, and it was I forget the player that that said it, but I remember he was saying how they were going to to beat us because we played the two three zone and that they played well against zones and could easily figure it out. And I knew right then um, that this team was going to struggle against us. Uh, <laughs> and they did. If you go back and watch that game, I mean, they just passed the ball around. Um, they had not a clue in the world what to do on offense against it. Um, and a lot of teams, if you look back at, at some players that have said that about the two, three zone, those guys do not play well. And those teams do not play well against it. Um, and so, I mean, we were able just to roll over them, um, really, and uh, get to that Sweet 16, uh, which was Gonzaga, who I thought we were going to play in the Bahamas in the beginning of the year, but I think they ended up losing to somebody. Um, well, who did but you? But they were a really good team. They were a team that was not an 11 seed. Right. Yeah. That Gonzaga yep. game, Trevor, if Eric Devendorf has the most famous – shot that wasn't in Syracuse history with the shot that was disallowed in 2009 at the Big East tournament. Um, you have the most famous steal that wasn't uh, at the yep. very end of that Gonzaga game, you rotated over and you got a steal right on the baseline. That was basically going to clinch the game. You guys were ahead. Um, they were going to have to foul obviously, but um, mm -hmm. you were called for stepping on the end line for being out of bounds. Yeah. Um, I mean, in, in two, three, you have your, your rotations and you have your um, stuff that, that in your position, those are spots that you have to get to. And that is a rotation that we at Syracuse work on almost every day. Um, when that, when you see it go opposite uh, baseline, that other guard, you sprint corner because that's the pass that you have to take away. Um, so when I saw it, um, I knew that I had to get to that corner, which I did, um, and made that play. And then the guy from half court calls me out, um, which I had no idea because once I called it, the guy from Gonzaga, his arms just came down on on me, and I kind of and I fall out. And in my head, I'm like, "All right, let let calm down. Let's go knock these foul shots down." And then I look up. And he's pointing the other way. And I was like, there's, there's absolutely no way. Because I remember I looked down at my feet and I saw my feet were in. Um, and I just didn't believe it. So then then it's like, all right, let's get a stop. Let's get a stop. Let's get a stop. And then you kind of you move to defense now when you thought you were going to the foul line. Um, so we moved to just get a stop. And that's all we really wanted to do. I mean, you're, you're right there. Um, you're seconds away from getting to Elite Eight. Um, with another chance. Um, so it just moved on to getting a stop in the entire lot. It makes an unbelievable block at the foul line. Um, and then we get the ball back. I think Tyler gets fouled, makes the foul shots. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I mean, I would have loved to, to go down, make those foul shots, move on to the next round. Um, Be the guy. Play out that way. Um, 
But I'm glad I made that rotation. GMAC would have been uh, really, really mad at me if I did not. So, <laughs> so that, know, that, that, later, that's what matters. The next, the next round, you see a familiar foe. You play Virginia, and you guys are down. You're down big at half. And this is Tony Bennett, the pack line defense. Comebacks don't happen against Virginia. If you're going to beat Virginia, mm-hmm. you pretty much have to have the lead and stay with them. What was the mood like at halftime, and what exactly did Jim Bayhawk say? Uh, Virginia was a team that we just did not – we could not figure out. Um, they would come up to the Dome, they'd kick our ass. We'd go down to Virginia, they'd kick our ass again. Um, we just could not figure them out. They'd slow it up. They'd make us work on defense. They were, uh, they were, they were a good defensive team. They played slow. Um, they were, they had a great group, uh, Brogdon, um, they were tough to play against. Um, and you, you get to that spot and I'm like, all right, well, we can definitely get them here. Here we are. Um, and then you go in the halftime and you're down 20. And I remember sitting in halftime and just looking around and it was just kind of like, man, like this team has just got our number. We're down 20. We've made a good run here. Um, <laughs> And, and Behan came in, and uh, he was like, this is what we're going to do. Um, we're going to slowly get back into it. We're on defense, um, and then we're going to press, and we're going to press early. And that's what he said, and um, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> um, we were able to ch- chip away at it a little bit, and then I think we started the press with like 12 minutes. It was, I mean, normally we, we, we press on six minutes under four type of thing um but to scramble that early was not something that we would normally do um but i mean that press has worked for us um in the past and and during that year it worked for us a couple times um so we just wanted to speed them up and looking back and looking back at some of the stats that came from that game where i mean i think tony bennett and virginia were like something you know when leading at, at the half by a certain amount, um, they don't have certain turnovers. And we did all of that to them. Um, and we were able to, to make some shots. And then next thing you know, I remember I was so exhausted because uh, we were just pressing the whole entire time. And I remember like looking up at the scoreboard being like, oh my God, we're, we're a couple of possessions from being back in this. Um, and then Malachi makes a couple shots and, Next, you know, you have the lead. But I remember, we, I think we got the lead with like seven or eight minutes. Like we were kind of back into it. And there was, that's a lot of time. Um, right. and, we, and we were able to, to, to stay with it. Um, it, was, it was an unbelievable game. One of the better games that I've ever been a part of. Um, to be down that much to a number one seed and a team that you've never beat. Um, and to come back and, and beat them. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable, especially the way that we did it. Is that the most memorable game in your Syracuse career? Uh, I would say so, yeah. Um, just to, to beat that, that talented of a, of a team, um, down 20 at half, um, just to come back in the way that we did. And, it, and it, took, it took effort from everyone, really. I mean, everyone made plays, offensive and defensive plays, um, to, to really do it for us. Well, I got to tell you, it's one of the most memorable games I've ever covered. And uh, it, it was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And the Malachi Richardson three-pointer over Malcolm Brogdon that uh, happened right in front of where I was sitting when Malachi rings the ball up and 
Malcolm actually got his hand on the ball, but Ma mm -hmm. Malachi kept kept a hold of it somehow and and made the shot, made a three after having the ball hit on the way up. I don't know how you do that as a shooter. Mm -mm. It was a hell of a game. It was. I mean, Malachi was someone that 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 we trusted and, and had a lot of confidence in, and he had a lot of confidence in himself to to go out and make plays. And he had games where he would go out and score and, and shoot the ball well. Um, so we, none of us were were too surprised by the way that he played that game. Um, but yeah, he he made some unbelievable shots and some unbelievable plays um, to to get us back in. Before we wrap it up here. What are you up to these days? Um, so I am, um, I'm back home in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, I've been back for the last couple of years. Um, I was overseas for two years and, and I came back and I just was not sure if I wanted to, to head back over and, and continue to play. Um, so I started looking for jobs elsewhere. Um, I am always been big into development and real estate, and that led me to a uh, Bacini and Poland group, which is a, uh, a big development group within Wilmington, Delaware. Um, they have a lot of properties and a lot of projects um, all over the state um, within, and also uh, in Jersey, New York, Maryland. Um, so it led me to that. Um, I, I got an interview with them, and then they told me about uh, one of their new projects that they had tied in with the 76ers um, and it is the 76ers field house they were building in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, so they were looking for a, a team to help run that building um, and I kind of fit what they were looking for in terms of I had a basketball background, um, younger guy in sports. Um, so they offered me a job where um, my job here at the field house is events and programming um, for the courts part. So my job is to keep our arena and our courts busy throughout the year. Um, and then we have our tenants within the building. Um, and I kind of look after the blue coats who are the, the, the Sixers G team. So they um, practice, they have their offices in our building and have all their home games here. Um, so that, that is what I'm up to. Um, obviously, being in sports, as you know, is not the greatest uh, industry right now. Um, yeah. But we're, we're staying busy. Um, it's definitely uh, tough times with the different state restrictions um, that are on. So um, we can't do everything that we have done in the past. Um, and the G League is not playing right now. So uh, the Blue Coats are not in and um, not playing, um, which is tough. But um, we're staying busy with uh, with youth leagues and youth development stuff on all different sports. Um, so it, it's been it's been good. Been uh, an interesting um, last eight, nine, ten months. Um, but hanging in there. Well, good. Uh, please do continue to hang in and stay safe and everything. Absolutely. But uh, listen, man, it's been such a pleasure you having me on the podcast. It, it's great to to just kind of catch up with you. It's been a little while. Absolutely, man. You're you're definitely one of my favorite up there. Um, so so it's great to stay in touch with you. Well, listen, uh, you be good, and thanks again for uh, joining me on the podcast. Absolutely, Mike. Thank you, man. I want to thank Trevor for joining me on the podcast today, and thanks to you out there as well for listening in. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast, and follow all the Syracuse basketball action this season with our complete coverage on Syracuse.com. Until next time on the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast, I'm Mike Waters.